1: Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin.
2: Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom. And it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And of course, I am joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my wonderful co host, Mark Dirk. Hello again,
0: Rebecca. How are you? I am
2: very good. How are you on I'm this wonderful great. Saturday?
0: I'm just trying to get in as much vitamin D. There we go. All summer, there we go. We got to
2: soak it up here in Minnesota before right. we go into the winter. Yes, we do. For sure. Well, Mark, when Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act was initially written, the law was clearly intended to ban discrimination on a person's sex. The drafting of the law clearly intended sex in terms of its biological definition.
0: That's right, Rebecca. For decades, there has been a growing number of people wanting to see the law changed from simple biology to gender identity and sexual orientation. And redefining sex on the basis of feelings and personal behaviors, it poses threats to religious liberties and freedom of speech, not to mention the dangers such a redefinition poses to the progress that's been made over decades concerning women's rights. While these efforts to redefine sex failed for decades in the U.S. Congress, efforts to change the law began to come before the U.S. court system. In just this past June, the Supreme Court issued a series of landmark decisions, first redefining sex under Title VII within federal law, and then ruling in a separate case that federal discrimination laws cannot be applied to leaders of religious organizations. So what does all of this mean for the freedom of speech and the free exercise of religion in light of the redefinition of the term sex? You can imagine the tension that now exists. Mm -hmm. And how could these rulings affect the provisions laid out in Title IX when it comes to female participation in sports?
2: Mm, Which has always been one of my big questions, Title IX, um, from the very start of all of this a few years ago. Well, joining us in studio tonight to address the Supreme Court's decision to redefine sex and what the coming challenges could be for freedom of speech and the freedom exercise of religion clause under the First Amendment, as well as women's rights, is Renee Carlson. Renee has a wide variety of legal experience, ranging from criminal prosecution to her own private practice, with a focus on ministries and nonprofit religious organizations. With a passion for advocacy relating to family, life, and religious freedom, she currently serves as general counsel for True North Legal a new legal initiative in partnership with the Minnesota Family Council. She is also a Blackstone Legal Fellow and an allied attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, where she has served as legal counsel on recent federal cases. Renee received her B.A. from UCLA and law degree from the University of St. Thomas School of Law, Renee, thank you so much for joining us here again on Education Nation. So good
1: to be with both of you. Hello, hey, you, hello, hello. You. And it's
2: so wonderful to have her in studio, not calling in from a phone like sometimes has to happen. So Renee has been a frequent g- guest on our show. We've had her yes, to talk about this topic a few times in the past. So mm-hmm. um, back in June, Renee, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a landmark opinion concerning the word sex in Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Can you please share with our listeners how the court voted and what was the consensus of the majority ruling in this case? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this is um, known as the Bostock decision, and actually it was a combination of three different decisions that uh, came before the court. So two of these decisions were brought by homosexuals who were um, suing with respect to some employment discrimination claims. Mm -hmm. One of the other cases, which you may have known, is Harris Funeral Homes. Mm -hmm. That was brought by a transgender individual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even there with this word sex, we have, you know, two different things. We have homosexuality and another individual who's transgender. But the, the court felt that, you know, the answer to these questions could all be, you know, taken with one full swoop. Hmm. So essentially, but all of these cases um, involved a challenge to the employees. um, I mean, the employers brought by the Mm -hmm. employees under Title VII. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what does that mean? The court basically had to decide two things. They had to decide whether the word sex in Title VII's prohibition on discrimination, quote, because of sex, also meant gender identity, or extended to gender identity and transgender protections mm-hmm. under the law. They also had to determine whether certain case um, case law with respect to employees prohibited applying sex-specific policies according to their employees' sex rather than gender identity. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a lot, mm-hmm. but that's how you know that's mm-hmm. that's the basis of these cases. So what happened? Well, they made their way up to the Supreme Court. And the court in a six to three ruling with, you know, Chief Justice Roberts right, joining us.
2: Shocking to me.
1: There's a lot of different theories on on how that played out and, and why that happened, but that may be for another day. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. joining the liberal justices along with Justice Gorsuch yeah, um, held that these employees had been unlawfully discriminated against under Title Seven and that in fact the actions on behalf of those employers did constitute sex discrimination. And it's it's specifically helpful because you think how how can yes, that be? Right. But Gorsuch said, um, this is a quote from the opinion. He said, an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Sex plays a necessary and undisguisable role in the decision exactly what Title VII forbids. So he's saying, you know, discrimination is based on gender identity or transgenderism, and that necessarily involves discrimination on the basis of sex, but that basis is sex assigned at birth, male and female. Right. 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 So it's
2: it's shocking that that decision. I mean, that that doesn't even make a lot of sense. mm -mm.
1: It's it it is. I mean, it's really confusing Um, and it's it's disappointing, actually, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the majority takes a definition of sex and basically expands it under Title seven and says, okay, now this applies to
0: comes um, down to six people. Right. Right. Pretty much. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Right. In the face of, you
2: know, a legislature that is really supposed to be handling things like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, These are big questions Mm -hmm. for our general public. Right. And that's why we have elected officials to debate these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they just basically took that debate away and just in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we're going to be talking about ramifications and things like that, so I don't want to get you too far off track here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it is, it is. A huge ramification mm-hmm. um, down the road. And it is interesting to me that two of the conservative justices mm-hmm. would have joined the liberal justices to come to that conclusion.
0: Mm-hmm. Three Supreme Court justices dissented. In in conversation right. we've had off the air, you mentioned that uh, you had resonated with Justice Alito's written opinion. Share with our, our listeners the key issues that Mr. Alito highlighted in his dissension.
1: Well, sure. And that kind of goes to what you know Rebecca was saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the quotes that you've probably seen what Alito wrote in his dissent is, yes. There's only one word for what the court has done today, legislation. Yes, <laughs> right. And then he yes. said, a more brazen abuse of our authority to interpret statutes is hard to recall. Yeah. Um, and then he you know, cites a myriad of attempts by Congress to change the meaning of the word sex in right. Title mm-hmm. VII. And then he further explains, the questions in these cases is not whether discrimination because of sexual orientation Or gender identity should be outlawed the question is whether congress did that in 1964 and he says it indisputably did not right so you know there's where there's confusion about the meaning of a statute as you're you know you're saying Mm -hmm. we look to the legislative history Mm -hmm. and we look at the law to be interpreted the way they were written when they were passed Mm -hmm. so let's think about the law in 1964. Mm -hmm. what did the word sex mean in 1964 and how was it understood And the concept, you know, of gender identity really wasn't that prevalent then. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on on top of the fact that on multiple occasions since nineteen sixty four, we've seen Congress try to pass legislation to actually define sex, to include gender identity Mm -hmm. and sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. They've tried to do, you know, pass various laws that would give those kinds of protections and they haven't passed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's inconsistent with this idea that we have with with respect to interpreting laws and basing it on legislative history. Right.
2: Um, and I just find it particularly interesting. I, I and mean, I know that you'd just be speculating at this point, And I know you said there's a lot of speculation out there. But why, when Roberts and Gorsuch kind of claim to be natural law, you know, they, they're not in favor of a living, breathing constitution that changes with time, you'd think they would apply that to mm-hmm. this amendment. Mm-hmm. What would make
1: them cross over? Yeah, you know, I don't have a have a great answer for that at at this point. I mean, there's there's all kinds of speculations, you know, with respect to that, those Mm -hmm. questions. And I mean, I think Gorsuch particularly thinks that he is being a textualist in this regard. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, that, you know, there's there's things like that that I've read and Mm -hmm. um, really I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, it, you know, time will tell Right, as we see other cases that build on this, as we mm-hmm. see other cases that come forward. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits based on yeah. this. I was mm-hmm. just going to say that. And so maybe we'll have more of those answers. Right. Um, but now I really...
0: And that's a scary thing because now you're almost going to see, a comp- in this issue, you're going to see a complete bypass of the legislative bodies right. across the country and right. federally. And then you have to start to wonder how our businesses are going to respond. Do they really think that... Each person who feels slighted is going to then take it through the courts, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a long process. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen overnight, and you know there's no law per se that has been passed by the legislative bodies to enforce that. So that, that that's going to make for a very messy situation mm-hmm. moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's for sure. Well, it seems that the majority on the U.S. Supreme Court is kicking the can down the road of uncertainty, as we were just discussing. Um, you've written that their contention is that bathrooms, locker rooms, or anything else of the kind are for another day, which I think is absurd because you you can't save – you really can't divide that question. With that being the case, can you highlight the consequences of casting
1: aside biological realities? Well, where do I begin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Mark and I were talking about this, you know, offline a bit. And, um, I mean, the consequences that we said – they're They're vast and they're sweeping, and they're not just legal implications and you know that's why I'm been really excited to be here today because I hope that it's a chance to help inform people and let mm-hmm. listeners know that you know if you if you weren't paying attention in June, just just now pay mm-hmm. attention because right. SCOtus just embraced an opinion. That is, you know, completely averse to science and biology. And this is really, you know, a forced ideology Mm -hmm. upon the public. And if we really think about it, I mean, this was a law that was intended to provide equal treatment for women under the law. And now we have this court opinion that completely undermines that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, for purposes of this show, I I certainly... um, can talk about a few consequences that come to mind. And first and foremost would be just, you know, other similarly situated businesses like the Mm -hmm. funeral homes and like Tom and his family who operate a business according to their convictions. Um, I mean, and and also according to science, biology, and common sense. And what does that mean for other businesses who are similarly Mm -hmm. situated? Mm -hmm. Um, Another question that you said, Rebecca, hanging in the balance is the question of women's sports Mm -hmm. and Gorsuch all but, you know, all, he said that in his opinion, these things are for another day. So that is a question mm. that hangs out there. And and Title Seven is significant when it comes to interpreting Title IX, as we yes. discussed in you know previous shows. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. Um, there is a lawsuit right now um, coming out of Connecticut with respect to women's sports that's significant. That's mm. going to be really important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just have to certainly pay attention to that and see... Mm -hmm. See what happens Mm -hmm. there. But, you know, again, we've already seen consequences prior to Harris and Bostock Mm -hmm. um, with respect to Title IX and women's sports. We've have, you know, locally, we have the Minnesota State High School League who said that students can play on sports teams consistent with their gender identity, Mm -hmm. which is entirely inconsistent with our Minnesota statutes and the spirit of our Minnesota Mm -hmm. statutes. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, where this is, excuse me, ultimately going to go. but. Um, there could be some significant consequences. Mm -hmm. What about, you know, women-only homeless shelters? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that what people need to do is really, we need to hold Gorsuch accountable by speaking a narrative that's consistent with what he said. He said, this is Title VII, other issues are for another day. Those who um, are strong in the LGBTQ lobbying and those movements, they're going to use the Harris Funeral Homes and, you know, the Bostock case to say, no, 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 no. Look what what they said in Bostock. And Mm -hmm. we have to say, nope, actually, Gorsuch said, you know, those are for another day. Mm -hmm. And we have to hold strong with that and Mm -hmm. keep that narrative. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I just – and it it kind of mirrors what was happening right here in Minnesota a number of years ago when the Minnesota State High High School League was looking at um, making that change. And the pressure, of course, that was on them from those organizations – Um, And it was interesting because back then they were saying, oh, no, no, we're not even talking about bathrooms. We're not talking about locker rooms. We were not asking. In fact, they were actually criticizing those organizations that supported um, the transgender community and wanting them to be able to play on their sport of their or the gender of their identified um, gender. They were saying, no, 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 we're not trying to get into bathrooms. We're not trying to do locker rooms. That's an overstatement and and really kind of criticized those organizations that were saying that. And yet, literally, the day after the Minnesota State High School League made their decision, there was an article in the St. Paul Pioneer Press that stated, or maybe it was the Star Tribune, where they interviewed one of these individuals and they right away said, well, now we need to to be able to have equal rights to the bathrooms and the locker rooms. (laughs) <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, did anybody think that that wasn't just It'd right on the, the heels? Yep. I mean, it, it, you would be foolish to think that that's not all part of it.
1: And it's it's been stated by medical professionals who are supportive of um, gender transition that it's inconsistent with their gender treatment not to allow um, someone to access a bathroom consistent right. with their gender identity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they say this is you know my medical professional is actually advising me yeah. to use a facility consistent with my gender identity because then it it towards mm-hmm. my treatment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Now they're going to they will push,
2: I'm sure, very much mm. so.
0: Other key issues that will be under the microscope following this uh, Bostock decision include free speech and the free exercise of religion under the First Amendment. Explain for us how these God given rights under the First Amendment are being viewed post Bostock and what are some of the big challenges that you're facing moving forward?
1: I think we're certainly feeling kind of an increased hostility towards people of faith. And Mm -hmm. it seems that, you know, most people who hold a position consistent with biological realities are often motivated by their faith and they're being um, they're being attacked for it. Mm -hmm. And that's it's it's horrible. Um, But in cases, interestingly, where we see, you know, faith and free speech kind of intersect, we actually see the courts more willing to step up and say that is that behavior is not acceptable. That's a Mm -hmm. violation of constitutional rights. Um, An example of that would be Masterpiece Cake Shop, Mm -hmm. where you see, you know, we had Jack Phillips, and there was increased hostility um, starting in the Human Rights Committee from the government. And Mm -hmm. the court said that, um, that the government cannot act with blatant hostility Mm -hmm. toward people of faith, nor can the government force individuals to express a message inconsistent with their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so there it was a kind of a a free speech question, even though it involved his faith, it was the government forcing him to say something that he didn't believe in. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, thankfully, you know, the speech cases still give us a lot of traction in court, but I think the the religious freedom cases sometimes can be questionable Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, Mark, you know, as we talked about a little bit again offline, religious freedom is the foundation of our country Absolutely. and it shouldn't be a subpar right, you know, even within the First Amendment. And so anybody who's listening, you know, whether they agree with what we're saying today or not, should be concerned because mm-hmm. tolerance and diversity, as we've said, it's a two-way street. And when we start suppressing ideas and start mm-hmm. forcing government messages, that's dangerous to
2: everybody. Mm-hmm. 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 I was just going to say, you know, religious Freedom is the foundation of this government unless you are an advocate of the 1619 Project Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you would say racism is the foundation and slavery is the foundation of our country's founding. And I hope people start looking into the 1619 Project, too, because that is having a widespread influence now. Well, let's take a step back and reflect on how we've arrived at this point, Renee. You've written that the battle is not against a single Supreme Court decision. Can you please share with our listeners
1: how several past key decisions have brought us to this point? Sure. You know, I think um, actually it's it's probably greater than any single court decision. I mean, certainly, you know, chronologically, we could look backwards and, and no Obergefell. I mean, that was mm-hmm. very significant, you know, ushering in same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at the sweeping passage of sexual orientation and gender identity laws and ordinances across the country and specifically in our state, Minnesota has been really Mm -hmm. aggressive in an attempt to abolish biological realities. And that's been something that the governor has been very outspoken about and that he, you know, he's all in favor of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, things that come to mind are uh, conversion therapy, Mm -hmm. um, conversion therapy bans where the government is attempting Mm -hmm. to regulate the doctor-patient relationship, making it unlawful. For a psychologist to help individuals struggling with same-sex attraction, so the government's mm-hmm. trying to get interfere in private speech right. because it's inconsistent with government ideology, um, mm-hmm. which government ideology is inconsistent with science and common sense. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. then we have telehealth for gender clinics. You know, that's a significant and growing concern, especially with COVID, where people are having medical treatment online across mm-hmm. a computer screen, considering changing their gender right. and transitioning. You know, Mm -hmm. that can involve sterilization for children as young as thirteen. I know. It's just shocking to me. Yes, there's a gender clinic at the U of M. So Mm -hmm. it's it's terrifying. That certainly flies in the face of parental rights. Um, Mm -hmm. again, like I said, the the SOGI law and those broad applications aren't, aren't they don't seem to be going anywhere. And as you know, we just discussed the Minnesota State High School League allowing children to participate. Um, on teams consistent with their gender identity mm-hmm. that goes in step with the mde's toolkit from 2017 yeah, which we had you on if, yes. if our listeners
2: want to listen to that podcast that was what two years ago back in we did that and then i, I think we that. had yeah. you back again to talk about it a few months later um, so yes you yes. came and spoke about the toolkit so our listeners can go back and check that Here out at
0: nationmn.org huh? our podcast if you just yes. flip through the Rolodex of episodes you will see them yes. accurately titled and yes, yes <laughs> I believe they are back from 2017 Okay,
2: right. <laughs>
1: but you you also know I mean you've We've talked about, you know, comprehensive sex education, and you know, then we also have, you know, government officials. Our own attorney general mm-hmm. um, is not in favor mm-hmm. of free speech, and he's trying to attack individuals who simply want to live in accordance with their faith, right. and that's any person of faith. It's not mm-hmm. just a specific faith. Um, and again, even those who are non-religious, who are anti-religion, should be concerned about this attack on free speech and mm-hmm. a violation of First Amendment rights, because. Mm-hmm. Um, the diversity is significantly important so that all of us can live in a free society. Right. I, I
2: think often that does get forgotten, that tolerance goes both directions. Right. And um, it's very easy in a, in a time of group mob, mob group think, which is what we're really seeing right now on a, a lot of different levels and, and topics. Um, it's easy for that mob to think, Well, no, as long as if we can just get rid of these people in the way they think. But pretty soon there's going to be a disagreement within their own community. And then, you know, it just continues to divide and divide and divide and divide. divide You see that. I mean, you see that even with
1: some of the LGBTQ lobbyists where you see transgender pitted against gay individuals. And then you see feminists. And, you know, they're all all having different goals. And so they are in in some Mm -hmm. ways kind of imploding within their own community. Mm -hmm. One thing I was going to say, too, back to the question, is that, um, I mean, beyond legal um, legal cases that have influenced the landscape here, we also just see a philosophical and moral um, perception that's changed. And really, it's a focus on self. Mm-hmm. When we start putting ourselves as first and foremost, when we look at autonomy as the chief driving force for decision-making, right. suddenly everything is very different. Right. And that's dangerous. And people mm-hmm. need to recognize that a lot of these laws and a lot of these decisions and a lot of these lobbying efforts are driven by autonomy. They're not mm-hmm. looking at, you know, what's going to happen to the next generation? What's going to happen to my neighbor? You know, what's going to mm-hmm. happen to my kids? Um, and and the more inward we are, I think the more chaos will ensue. Mm-hmm.
2: It's interesting because that's an example of them wanting to be very autonomous. But then when it comes to things like COVID or racism or sl- or, you know, slavery being the foundation, they want that to be collective. You know they don't want individual thought on any of those items because they really want this collective mindset to permeate, so it's interesting it's whatever's convenient for their narrative at the time
1: and that's just a general mm-hmm. principle I think that mm-hmm. you're you know passionate about, particularly with your school, especially teaching people how to think and yes. it doesn't mean that you have to agree or that people can't agree to disagree right. but it's owning the thoughts for yourself and being strong enough to defend your positions and you know I mean, as a person of faith, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I may be led to think and believe in something different. And as long as it's not inconsistent with you know, the non-negotiables and doctrines right. of the faith, right. then you know I live accordingly. Yeah. And so I think that yeah. the diversity is healthy. But if mm-hmm. we can have the diversity, right. um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with you.
0: So we've, we've talked a, a little bit about the... Um, The truth about men and the truth about women uh, being exchanged for a lie. I mean, how are you helping in the fight against a culture that has bought into this narrative? Mm
1: -hmm. Sure. Well, I mean, as Rebecca said Mm -hmm. in the introduction, I'm very excited to be working alongside the Minnesota Family Council um, with True North Legal. It's a new legal initiative in partnership with the Family Council. And, you know, as an organization Mm -hmm. who is faith-based, we are certainly positioned to advocate on behalf of people of faith. And we take this decision and the implications really seriously um, the decision certainly challenges the most fundamental parts of our identity and that's you know our created order and who we are as male and female because we believe that's really special and right. that's really important yeah. so i'll mm-hmm. say you know we're not running away from this yes and um we believe that there's work to be done one of the most significant things this is why i came on the show is to educate mm-hmm. the public yes to let people know what's happening i'm amazed at how many people i'll talk about and i'll say you know bostock or harris funeral homes or you know that case where Mm -hmm. you know people are saying they redefine sex and nobody knows what i'm talking about isn't it amazing it it is or or with even legislative you know we're we're very involved in legislative advocacy Mm -hmm. um from a legal perspective and we're really hoping to grow a team of competent attorneys who can Mm -hmm. attack these things head on in the courts so it's it's an exciting time it's a hard time but it's an exciting time but we know that you know god will move us as he sees fit and we're just praying and hopeful that we can grow to be um a significant voice for people yeah. of faith in Minnesota. Yeah,
2: and yeah. Renee, we're very thankful that you are in that position, and we're very thankful well, thank you. that you are with with your team. I mean, this is an important important topic, and like you say, so few people really understand what's happening. You know, I think people live busy lives, and they have you know children to contend with, and especially right now with COVID, people are so distracted. That I think when those Supreme Court cases those decisions came down in June kind of one after another, um people just aren't
1: necessarily well, paying attention and and that's the strategy, yes, as it far is. as the other it side, sure so is, yeah. i I think today, um I was informed that there are seven different conversion therapy bans coming down the pipe. No one's really? paying attention. It's the summer, I didn't even know about it, yeah, in different cities, so it's the in, summer. in Minnesota in Minnesota, so it's the summer, it's city oh ordinances. Goodness. People aren't paying attention. There's questionable actions, um, you know, with respect to some of these regarding open meeting law, people's ability to participate. But you know, overall, um, it's you know, things are happening basically before our eyes. But if we're not paying attention,
0: then mm-hmm. so important to know the rule of law, um, to know the Constitution. Yes, and, and to, be,
2: to, to be to engaged. be engaged, informed. informed. Yes, yeah. we need people to be. I mean, that's the whole basis of the founding of this country is to have a well-educated citizenry mm-hmm. and if we're not staying informed on the issues that really affect us then we're not doing our job as a citizen and, and I we think can we be need kind
1: to... and we can be loving and i think that these issues are intimidating because they're very contentious yeah but they don't have to be yeah you know we can we can slowly try to help people understand common sense science biological realities and you know it'd be surprised people will listen yes so, yes absolutely We'll keep up the tone <laughs>
2: keep up the good work and thank we are you. excited to have you with us again next week Where we will continue this conversation Sounds and good. and thank you Mark always a pleasure always enjoy being with you on the you air well. and thank you to our listeners and we will see you again next Saturday on AM 1280 The Patriot and if you want to listen to this podcast or any other podcast go to ednationmn.org ednationmn.org Good night.